internationals developing the development of the game. So much in this week's Principality Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Plenty of important stuff, but it could be argued the role of the school hub officers is as important as anything. Developing the likes of 14-year-old My Steg schoolgirl Abigail Seal. The results this year have been phenomenal, and I just think that rugby in the school as well has been so much better since we've got the WIU involved. Most coach Warren Gatlin has a balancing act, trying to win games now and trying to prepare for the World Cup next year. Part of the process at the moment in the next 12 months is looking at you know, what are the combinations of a World Cup squad going to be like? WIU Chairman Gareth Davis is delighted the new governance changes were passed at the AGM. I think it is progress. I people I talk to are looking at us. If it hadn't gone through it, I think there'd have been a, a huge backlash somehow. More on that later, of course, in looking ahead to the first regional A-team final. But we'll start with what's arguably the most important area of all. The school hub officers play a huge role in introducing children to rugby... And after three years of the scheme, there's been a slight change of emphasis based on the lessons learnt. The relaunch took place in my state comprehensive school, where a hub officer has had a massive impact, not just on rugby, but also results, inclusion, behaviour, attendance. We'll hear from all the many elements, starting with a 14-year-old girl who's become a key deliverer of rugby in the school. Hands, okay. Hands down. Press up. Up. Okay. You can do that. Run up. My name is Abigail Seal and I'm the rugby ambassador for the school. Today we've got different members of the WIU coming to watch to see what my stick does for the girls' rugby and rugby in general and how it's impacted the girls' lives. I'm in the role I am because I've been playing rugby for three to four years and I've been brought up in saying and the teachers understand how much I love it. It's my favourite sport and I've had loads of opportunities to do different variety of activities because of rugby. work with the year sevens and eights. What does that do for you? It just gives you more confidence with like those activity of like getting to know other people, like coaching in general, and I just think it gives you an opportunity to develop your skills. Lloyd Evans, my stake, WRU hub officer. A lovely school. Some people might look out from the in, from the outside and just think it's a bit mad, especially with the Flimby Valley thriving rugby community. But uh, over the past couple of seasons, it has uh, dropped off. You know, we've had a loss of different club ages, uh, club senior teams. But I just think the WIU Hub programme, especially working in the school, I think it's doing a fantastic job because I'm working with all the boys, all the girls in the community as well. Uh, PCSO, uh, he works with the community and he links in with me in school as well. And because with the WIU Hub officer in school, we have got great numbers, boys and girls playing rugby, all ages. We've got a senior team as well. So the rugby numbers are increasing and participation definitely in school is increasing as well. So that then filters out to the community and brings the club level up as well. You're relatively new in this role, but are you yeah. getting an impression from what you're told and what you're seeing? It's not just about rugby, it's not just about a senior boys team. Percy is not just about, as you said, senior boys team or you know male rugby. I think it's about being a role model in and around school. I work with the, the PCSO, Mark Harris, in the area. And I just think like we got a good uh, relationship, so we link in. A lot of the boys out in the community, they think 
that I don't know what's going on. To be honest, I know a lot what's going on in and out of school, whether that's good or bad. And I just think like then I can then relate to them and always use the power of rugby to engage them in school, which is a great thing. Now for yourself, part of the Wales 7 circuit, yeah. uh, until the summer, what made you swap Dubai, Las Vegas, uh. Uh, South Africa, New Zealand, Australia for my steak over the winter? I know, I know. It is a bit blistery up here and cold and wet, but I just thought of it as a career change. Been with the Sevens for four years now. Love my time at the Sevens. Coaches are awesome. Boys are awesome. Some of my best mates now are playing for the Sevens and have moved on to regional and international rugby. But I just think personally it's probably a career change now and looking forward, you know, I do enjoy working with children. Glad I've done what I've done. I'm head teacher Helen Jones. We've recognised that rugby is a very accessible sport for nearly all children. In fact, all children. And so rather than make them participate on a wet rugby pitch outside, as you can see here today, we develop the skills inside. So it's a lot of passing, ball skills, running skills, dodging skills, which means A, it's accessible, but B, it's enjoyable. So we've increased participation rates significantly because of that approach, I think. But also it's taught through uh, PE lessons. So... I hate saying it, we've got a captive audience, so we can reach children that perhaps clubs can't reach, but it basically means that we've taught every single child rugby skills. What changes have you noticed in that wider school setting? I think importantly, certainly increased participation levels in PE lessons. I think certainly pupil voices talking about greater levels of enjoyment. We, we regularly use pupil voice to vet what we do, how we can make improvements. So this always comes out as a very strong element of the PE lessons. Yeah, we're watching a class, a special educational needs class. As you say, these are people who wouldn't normally be taking part in mainstream PE. And Lloyd, your hub officer, is loving us in the middle there. Yes, absolutely. Again, it would have been very easy for him to go after promoting and maintaining and sustaining an elite rugby team, looking at our sixth form senior team. It's the first time we've had a senior team in a long time. But this is what he's most proud of. And to see the enjoyment in these children's faces, something that they've been denied previously, I think, because rugby is seen as such a physical sport, high-impact sport. How could these children ever possibly participate? That is absolutely justifiably what he's most proud of, I think. And finally, blow your own trumpet, because uh, the hub officer's been here three years. How did last year's results go? Best ever results, and I would like to think, yeah, absolutely. It's a part of that. Girls have traditionally underachieved in this school and in other similar value schools, and I think just the sheer volume of, of girls who participated in rugby has got to have played a part in that. So well done, my stick school. And rugby specifically, respect for the referee, the values of the game, is that more so than just any other sport? Absolutely, I think so. I think a, a lot of other sports, netball for example, the umpire is off the court, not as heavily involved in the game. The referee in rugby is very much hands-on. They teach them, they call them sir uh, when they're asking about the rules. I think rugby referees go uh, one stage further and explain the rules as they're going. I think what I've seen is it's that code of conduct they expect on the pitch. No questions asked. If you're yellow-carded, you're yellow-carded. But it is, it's about life skills as well, isn't it? It's all of those things that you don't get if you were playing an individual sport and possibly in other sports that aren't just as noisy and boisterous as rugby because rugby could so easily turn into, as we've seen so many times, out-of-control physical behaviour. It's teaching them that restraint as well, so I think that's a very important skill. I'm Mark Harris, I'm PCSO from uh, my city, covering uh, Nantifathlon and Cairo area. It's been brilliant, to be honest. My role in it, basically, is uh, I've seen the boys out in the community 
it started off with a kickabout and a bit of touch rugby. When they're more engaged and more involved in school, obviously it uh, improves their behaviour. And then that comes to the outside community. They're involved in uh, less incidents, stepping away from that kind of behaviour. Instead of looking for trouble, then they're looking for things to do which, which is constructive, basically. So it helps with us. Is there something about rugby, the respect for the referee, the ethos of the game? Is that a particular element of that wider impact? Yeah, I, th- I think through uh, rugby, obviously, you learn to be respective of, of people. There's loads of stuff you learn. Working together, they learn how to play as a team, they learn. You take that into everyday life then, so the support of each other in the game then comes out into the community. So if they see you know, one of their friends who's in trouble, then they've got a support network. For these boys, it be massive. For these boys has been huge. Yes, um, I can see in them where their confidence has improved and the respect for everyone, and they know what acceptable behaviour is and what's ex- expected of them. So it's been a massive thing for these boys who have engaged in it. Chris Auer, WRU Participation Retention Manager for the Mail Game. So this is our next evolution of the hub. Really. So we've had our first kind of agreements in place for three, four years. This is now moving us on for the next term of hub agreements. We've mapped a whole new Hub 2 world, and it's going to be far more inclusive. We're going to give a variety of options of how you can engage in our game, whether it be with a participation, a volunteering, an enrichment-type experience, and likewise, what does its impact look like in community? So that's where its growth of Hub 2 now will sit for the next three, four years. You've got a massive body of evidence. This is what it achieves. First results have been exceptional. What we need to do is evolve it now and make sure we get as many people having a touch point with rugby. But rugby being the vehicle for how they engage in sport or positive experiences like is happening here today. But we've extended it as well from schools into colleges and we've got university relationships. So they all bring a variety of opportunities for us as a governing body. Darren Keiru, the Disability Rugby Coordinator for the Welsh Rugby Union. It can't be understated quite how important the hub officer's role is in trying to make the disability rugby strategy come to life. So my engagement over the last two years was all in schools. You've got a captive audience. We can engage with special schools or mainstream schools with SEN units such as this school and be able to get those guys having some rugby fun. The cool thing now is we've got that out that we can say, right, well, if you love rugby so much and you're enjoying what you're doing in school, you can go to your local inclusive community club. And we've got one set up in every region across Wales now. So the hub officers now can engage in the schools, really drive up that fun and participation, really build that energy, and they go, right, let's get you there. And then once they're there, they can stay there until they're 16 before they can progress into maybe going to wheelchair rugby, or if they want to, they can go to mixed ability rugby. So we've got now effectively a pathway that will take a, a, a child with any sort of disability from age 6 right the way up until they're like 65 which is amazing. Over the last few years you say you've gone into an awful lot of schools but this is about you passing on your skills yeah. to those hub officers having 90 people instead of <sighs> just you. I, I know I'm, I was a little bit nervous beforehand because my baby the schools programme but it makes sense I mean like we've been travelling across Wales with just my group of coaches going from region to region but now over the last month I've been going into every region running a CPD where we give them the basis the grounding for everything through disability inclusion training and then the afternoon part of their CPD is they get to watch me run a session and then they get
get to run their own session and it's not as if we're running a standard CPD where we're going to a rugby club or something we're actually delivering in special schools or next to special schools so we've got real participants there so the coaches get over that fear factor which is the main thing you could be an amazing coach but unless you've experienced this sort of environment you can't truly understand it if you can't understand it you're a little bit afraid so we're just breaking down those barriers so like you said now we've got a massive workforce that are going to be going into the schools and we've got that opportunity then to be able to flood these children straight into these inclusive community clubs and make them really vibrant two hands on here and down press up up okay you can do that run out my name is Bryce Cunliffe uh, I'm here working as a coach for the Browns Rugby Union hoping to connect with the children that's disengaging from sports I had a lot of energy when I was younger myself and but I was involved with a lot of bad things and some bad people and and uh, the light finally switched and uh, luckily from a local police officer who his passion was rugby so he got me involved in that so the values I learned from rugby and the people around it I kind of took that into everyday life as well so when I went to work and when I went to play rugby and when I met other people the values I learned I just took that in so I'm hoping to try and pass our message on today So you're going to talk to the children later and tell them your story but also encourage them that there's something else they can look forward to yeah it's a pellet message I'm going to send across there's loads of people with my story but I'm just lucky enough to be the one to tell it you know to all these kids so the bigger picture is that some of these kids feel like there's nothing out there for them and they feel like being written off I know what it's like being written off I know what it's like so I'm excited to go and speak to these kids and then hopefully try and encourage them to take part in sports particularly rugby you're obviously coming through school before the Hub Officer Programme. How much do you wish something like this had been in place then? Yeah, it would have been very nice. Luckily, I had it from a different route, you know, from, a, as I said, like a few local police officers got me in that way. Um, I know it's not the right way, but it turned out right in the end. But if I had this in when I was younger, and a lot more of my friends as well, we must probably be different people then. Your role was launched back in the summer. How much has the involvement with the WRU meant to you over the last few months? How much has that helped change things as well? Oh... For me personally, it's, it's been amazing. You know, I've always grown up watching the Welsh Rugby on the telly. Uh, you know, Six Nations, World Cup, always been a proud Welshman. And then when they come and ask me to work with the governing body of Welsh Rugby, particularly in a rugby nation, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, Ryan Jones, Head of Participation of Welsh Rugby. This is our second iteration of uh, the Hub programme, if you like. So after... Just over three years worth of learning and experience, we've evolved and, and changed the model and its working ethos. So essentially that involves everything from where they're sat right through to how they operate. So we've re quickly realised that um, through our investigation and inside research that the HUD programme has a wider role to play, not only in local community but in the school community as well. So we've seen an uplift in attainment and retention in kids, we've seen the inclusion and diversity of our offering has brought more people to our game. So what we spend our time doing is upskilling our hub officers, if in excess of 90 around Wales, to go and engage new audiences in a new way, you know, to try and make our game as inclusive and as diverse as we possibly can. So yes, it's about boys playing 15 side contact rugby, and yes, it's about girls doing exactly the same, but it's also around boys and girls doing sevens and touch and tag and running their own tournaments and coaching their peers and refereeing their peers and taking photographs and really integrating rugby into that school community because that's what the future sustainability of our game is going to be built on. It's going to be built around everyone in a, in a school environment having a positive experience of, of our game.
we're in my steg, we're in an indoor hall, uh, a group of girls, it's ball in two hands, running round, it's fitness, it's not that traditional rugby model, is it? Not tradition, but what is tradition, you know, we're trying to reinvent it because it's rugby being played in a different way, but it carries all the characteristics of rugby, there's groups of people interacting, having fun, you see the values of rugby through everything that, that is delivered on the Hub programme, and we've seen a whole new audience, so it has to be inclusive, it has to be reflective of school communities, local communities, it certainly doesn't look like the rugby I played, but it's no less valuable, you know? Have you almost been surprised by the wider impact, the non-rugby impact? No, because I'm, I know rugby, you know, and I know what rugby gave me, and I've seen the impact of rugby throughout my childhood life, my adult life, my, and my professional life, both my pastor and my, and my current one. So I understand the wider benefit that, that rugby has, and I understand the, the standing rugby has within communities. Rugby's still in the DNA of, of our society and our communities, and through initiatives like this, which are groundbreaking, there's nothing else like this in the sporting sector. We are trying desperately to stay ahead of the curve and address some of those societal issues that we all face. The other benefit of this programme is we as a Welsh Rugby Union realise that we've got a wider role to play in the sporting sector as well, that our duty with the brand that we've got, the weight, the standing that we have, is to give people, and young people and old people, a positive experience of activity because they walk away from the game because these young ladies today have got more choice in life than we ever had. Now, we've got to make sure that they have a, a damn good experience of, of activity, which you can see they are today, and from our point of view, we've got a really, really fantastic experience of rugby. So they, these girls will have a lifelong affinity and happy memories of our game. listening to the Principality Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Just one example of the good work going on around Wales to safeguard the future of the game. But now on to the present stars and the announcement this week of the Wales squad for the Under Armour series of November internationals. Here's coach Warren Gatlin to explain his thinking, starting with a selection of Leicester back Jonah Holmes. He's been on the Welsh exiles list a number of years ago and his form for Leicester has been pretty outstanding in terms of the amount of uh, tries that he scored and, and the games that he's played. He played a couple of weeks ago in a game against Northampton uh, at Twickenham. He was man of the match, played exceptionally well. And so it's a position that you know, back three in terms of trying to create some more depth gives us an opportunity to, to bring him and have a look at him. He's played at fullback and plays on the wing. He's quick and he's big and physical as well. Luke Morgan seems to have adapted pretty quickly from the Sevens circuit. Yeah, we've had players that come out of the Sevens. He's been probably the best Sevens player on, on that circuit for Wales. Experienced, scored lots of tries in the, in the Sevens range, quick. And he's done really well for the Ospreys. And he gets a chance, he's been scoring tries. Sean's about used to that as defence and he's, he's done a good job. I think the Sevens programme does equip guys well for you know defensively in the 15s game. And look, he gets a chance, he gets an opportunity. and. You know, he's been around for a while, so there's a bit of experience here, you know, particularly in that back three. And given that we have had injuries, and, and you know, for a number of our, our top players over the years, it's getting that strength and depth is, is pretty important for us. Would Owen Lane have made it if he hadn't been uh, cropped for kind of blues on Sunday? Uh, we put a list out of eight players that weren't selected because of injuries, uh, and he was on that list. And pretty fair to say that all those eight players, if there's a good chance that those eight players would have been in the squad of Fit and and ready. A fair few back rowers on that injury list, but yeah. you're still able to uh, leave out players of the calibre of Ollie Griffiths and, and Thomas Young. So something about your uh, strength yeah. there. Yeah, L- look, it's, 
we're blessed at the moment with quality sevens and because you've got Toby Fallatale injured, Shingler's injured, it's trying to look at the balance of, of a loose forward trio. It's it's looking at the competing on the ball, it's a physicality, it's a ball carrying, it's a line out options as well. So it's kind of making sure that we're, we're looking at particularly at six and eight position and we feel like we're blessed and those are two quality players and Ollie's had a great season. I think Thomas and defeat against Leinster, you know, he was one of the guys competing really well for was in that game so they were both discussed in terms of, of coming in but you, know, you leave out James Davis and you've got Navidi both can play seven as well and we've got Tiprick and, and Alice Jenkins who was outstanding on on the summer tour so it's one of those situations which are great for depth in, in that position and, and unfortunately you've got a couple of quality players out who have missed out and say yeah we could have picked Thomas we could have picked Ollie but that would have been that two others would have missed out, so someone's unfortunately going to be disappointed. Any of that injured group uh, in serious contention to come back later in the series if they return fitness? Yeah, we've, we're sort of monitoring those players. So someone like Seb Davis is going to need a game. He's potentially not too far away. Part of the process at the moment in, in the next 12 months is looking at you know, what are the combinations of a World Cup squad going to be like? You know, Are we going to take five props or six props? Is there, is there a prop out there who can cover us and and both sides of the scrum that we use in 2015. Is there a, a potential forward there that can cover us in the, in the second row, back row? You know, is it a Seb Davis? Is it a Aaron Shingler? Is it Josh Turnbull, who's not, who's not in, the, in the squad? Corey Hill. So those are the sorts of questions that we're going through and, and discussing as, as a coaching group and trying to hopefully come up with the right solution. So there are some players there that having a couple of games for their regions and, and their form's good enough and depending how the squad's going, you know, we, we may call them in. There's, we will be having a couple of players in with us in the next couple of weeks because um, either the, the regional team's away overseas, they're, they're carrying injuries, so they'll be coming in with us and, and training, being worked on by the medical team, part of their recovery process, and then also doing some training. For example, um, we're having a look at, um, we haven't named in the squad, Jared Evans is going to come in and do some training with us. You know, look, he's very close. Perhaps his cover for Reese Patchell, who's had a couple of knocks, and you know, we need to be concerned about him and make sure that his welfare is the most important thing going forward. You know, we're just trying to cover all bases at the moment. And you mentioned uh, World Cup squad selection. Is everything over the next 12 months geared towards that? We've spoken a lot about how important this, the next 12 months is, and we're looking at this campaign in the autumn in terms of there'll be a lot of individual skill work that we're working on, some conditioning. Yes, the games are important. The, uh, we want to perform well against Scotland and, and Australia and Tonga and, and obviously South Africa. We've had some success against... Yes, our record against uh, Australia hasn't been as good as we would have liked in some really close encounters. You know, we see this as a, as a stepping stone for the next 12 months and using you know, each campaign in a different way. So, look, like I said, this campaign is about some conditioning and skill work and, and combination, developing some more depth, preparing ourselves for the Six Nations, which is... You know, such an important competition for us but we'll be not taking the games lightly and we're going out in every game to, to win in this autumn campaign and some of the older heads that are not in you know, the likes of Jamie Roberts and Luke Charteris and a number of players that are injured, it doesn't mean your World Cup bids are over, just keep working hard and hopefully you'll get an opportunity so that might not be until a World Cup uh, squad, an extended squad is picked and, and we saw 
two eleven and two thousand and fifteen, the number of players that came in and were in, involved with us for that sort of two month period really developed as individuals and, and ended up becoming number ones in, in positions by having that opportunity. So, and to me, so just keep working hard and keep doing what you're doing. A year ago, you rotated the team a lot. You know, unashamedly developing strength and depth. Is that the approach now, or this much closer to a World Cup? Are you a bit more focused on this autumn's a little bit different because the game outside the window is the first game so we haven't got the English players available to us for that first game you want to do well against Scotland and have a a strong squad and I can see from our point of view particularly the first two games there may not be a lot of changes we will make significant changes and give players an opportunity against Tonga and then really assess it that's the loose thinking at the moment you know we kind of we're not fixed on that we need to be flexible and fluid but our conversations have been about putting out what we consider the strongest team as we can possibly put out. We're thinking about the future as well against Scotland and then seeing from the English-based players you know, who are potentially available for Australia. It's an opportunity for those Welsh-based players that if they go and perform against Scotland, then great chance of being selected for the following week. So that's the way we're looking at it at the moment. The regions continue in European action this weekend, but also, pretty interestingly, it's the final for the regional A-teams, with the Scarlets up against Leinster. Rob Cole spoke to Scarlet's A coach Richard Kelly. And if we do lose one or two players, you've got to look at it as a positive of them players stepping up to the region. This is where that word development is the most important in it. You're in a final, you obviously want to win it, but there are games above you that are equally as important or more important. The development for me is the process and the training and the how we create player plans and make players better. And that's the development in the early part of the week. The performance side of it, which this tournament is, is when it gets to game day, you win. And you don't take that away. That's so important to development as well, to everything. But to get that balance right, and you can't hide away from just being development, just being performance. You have to accept it's going to be both. Part of that development is great that the players go up, but it doesn't take away from a performance point of view that we've got to still not hide away from that, whatever team we have. And so you're going to give it a rattle, I guess? Yeah, we're going to give it our best shot. We're going to go, um, we're confident and we've got a close group. We know how good Leinster are, uh, but we believe in ourselves as well. And finally, a huge change for the game in Wales last Sunday when the changes at the top of the WIU were agreed by the clubs at the AGM. Here's WIU chairman Gareth Davis. I think it is progress. I think people I talk to within rugby and, and also without rugby, within Wales and outside Wales, are looking at us. I think if it hadn't gone through it, I think there'd have been a, a huge backlash somehow. I'm just glad for the game that we didn't sort of enter into a, another period of sort of instability, I think. Having said that, you know, we got to this point, we've got to make it work now as well. We've got to prove you know, by, by next year's AGM that, uh, OK, what's the impact then, guys? You know, we'd make a loss this year, as we said at the meeting, and what else has changed? So you could say the you know, pressure's on now to prove that a new system is the right system but I think what it does look especially for the community game it, it does give a focus to the community game with the appropriate people making decisions and hopefully then with the and likewise with the pro game there's nobody from the pro game now on the Welsh Rugby Union board so and, and you can see the figures that sort of go into the pro game and are taken out of the pro game so it's it's just important that we have full representation right? creation of the council as well which is people may say oh it's a bit of a sop well it's not in many ways because it allows us to bring new people into the arena it'll be a drip drip effect I think in terms of getting diversity on the board but it's not going to happen overnight because these guys whoever comes in if it's as I mentioned if it's women's game if it's disability or whatever diverse marginal group then it'll take some time but I think it's a vehicle to do it I think if we just stayed exactly as we were then you're basically the, the district stops that happening really because no, nobody knew it appears 
So, so I think in some, in some ways it's a God, you could argue it's not a huge change. Yeah. The very fact I think we've got now a manageable board and we've got a focused community group and a focused professional group, I think, is a step forward. So what do you think was different about this one? Our process is pretty thorough and pretty, well, pretty long, as I say, it's the best part of two years, really, from starting off with what would have been pretty radical. I just would like to think that we've listened along the way and we've made some changes from what was proposed initially. So you'd like to think that they sort of, a lot of people in the room would have gained confidence from that. We're not, I'm a rugby man and I don't go through this just for my own ego or whatever. It's just, I think it's the right thing to do, you know. And um, again, as I mentioned, you know, things are changing so quickly and uh, we've got to be able to respond and, and to be proactive as opposed to just waiting for things to happen to us. You know, what's, what's going on in the last three months in terms of world rugby and the global calendars and, and all this stuff. And we've got to have a, a group of people who can respond to that. One of the words you and Martin use quite often is trust. Do you feel that not only its members but that the greater Welsh rugby public trusts the union more than it did perhaps in previous years? I'd say yes with the fact that we got to vote and I emphasise that because in the district meetings that we attended, in particular the more recent ones where it became clear in the agenda that, that word was used quite often, we don't trust you. I don't mean that individually but we don't trust the union, they make decisions, they do this and that, whatever. So I was quite you know, upset, annoyed to hear that because, because I know most people on the union do it for the right reason. You know, you know, but again, I think it's about the, the quality of the team, if you like, to be in a position to make those right decisions. And I think then another challenge for us now is we don't want the 18% who didn't vote. We don't want to alienate them either. You know, So we said we're all in this together. So I think there's some work to be done there in terms of the, the doubters, if you like. But that's going to be left to us in many ways in improving that over time and it's not going to be you know, overnight but uh, that the new system becomes more effective A lot of it's going to depend on that community board, it's got an area with huge challenges in terms of player numbers everything, all the clubs struggling to put teams out that board is going to be the one that's the make or break of this, is it almost? But there is a board to address it I said it in a number of the meetings Guys, community game is not discussed on the board level there are other issues, whether it's property development, whether it's looking at your accounts, whether it's our governance, because that came into it. That surprised me early on when I first got on the union, that I'm mm, not, not really talking much here, because at that time as well, we had a head of rugby, didn't we? And we'd had seven heads of rugby in eight years. The job was too big. So that's why then Ryan came on board, the head of community rugby was created, head of performance on you know, Ryan's flat out and trying to get new forms of the game etc etc but at least now I think there's a, there's a vehicle there and that's going to be quite important I think and whilst the guy who spoke very eloquently today against the emotion the guy from Narberth he talked about the, almost the significance of we want our guy on the board your guy guys can play a bigger part by being on the council and being on that community support because they're going to be all, almost autonomous if you like get on with it and in some ways now they're more accountable as well because that's your deal, guys. You've got, to, you've got to try and make it work. It's not just a rugby issue. It's all a society, and we, we, you know, we all know the reasons. But again, we can't. You know, we're not going to throw the towel in either. So we have to sort of keep competing for, uh, especially the younger people, and at, at the different age groups that people drop off. You're coming into youth, leaving school, notwithstanding the, uh, you know, the obvious challenges that are in place. It always comes back to money, doesn't it? And one of the features out there is the money going to the professional game and their argument at the expense of the community game. Now, Wales probably spend less than the professional game than many countries, but that's the fight, isn't it? They want to see more going into the community game. Is that something that the community board can deliver? Yeah, there's the opportunity there. Once we get this project reset done, 
then there'll be avenue there in terms of new sponsorships coming in for the community game. If there are, that's the issue. You know, but there will be people out there, and that's, that's where our commercial guys will have to work together with now the this community subboard and the council. Just overall, just sum up how big a change this is and, and what sort of difference we can expect in 12 months, 24, 36 months. Yeah, look, I'm just, I'm, first of all, just grateful for the guys who attended today, plus we had 12 proxy votes as well, and 11 of the 12 were in favour. Thank them for being supportive. I think it does perhaps illustrate that there is a feeling of trust there. People aren't dull, they, they know we've got to change. You know, standing still is going backwards, effectively. The challenge for us is now to deliver, you know, on, on all sectors, the professional side, the, the community game, and obviously the pinnacle at the top of it as well. So so we're all on trial, if you like, I think, over the next couple of years. But it's a mandate, I think. People accept we need to change, and I think uh, we need to deliver. You know? So there's been plenty going on this week, and there's also a lot happening next week. So keep listening out for the Principality Bosch Rugby Union podcast. And until then, goodbye.